I'm Kelly Young. And I'm Stevie Stays Kirsch. And we're your hosts for the Badassery Life podcast, a podcast where we have the privilege to sit down and talk with women we think are living badassery lives. These are ordinary women doing extraordinary things. Women who are social activists, moms, entrepreneurs, athletes, survivors, mentors, and more. We hope to awaken the badass in you by bringing you stories of powerful, beautiful, bold women like this one. An important note about this episode, though, I want to just make sure everybody's aware this topic is a tough one for us to talk about, but an incredibly important one for us to address sex and human trafficking. So this episode may be a little different than the ones you've listened to in the past, but we hope you'll stay tuned in because we feel it's important to become educated on the issue of sex trafficking. It happens everywhere. Also, our guest represents a mission-based organization, so we're going to tone down our badassery-based language to be respectful to her and to her organization. So with that, let's get started. This remarkable woman is dedicated, loyal, and hardworking. She's a corporate consultant and life coach who turned nonprofit volunteer and professional. She's been in the nonprofit space for the past 20 years. She's a dedicated wife and mom of three teenagers and two pups. She loves being active, traveling, movies, and relaxing with family and friends. What she dislikes is cooking, I gotcha, (laughs) judgmental people, and drama. I'm right there with you. When we asked if she'd join us on the podcast, she was quick to say she didn't think she was badass enough, but we were quick to acknowledge that she is, and so is the work she's doing. Meet Kelly Leeper. Kelly is the Director of Communications and Development for Ascent 121, a nonprofit that provides advocacy and recovery services for Indiana teen survivors of sex trafficking and exploitation. Kelly and others within the organization are committed to serving survivors of trafficking, mainly teens, but has served kids as young as seven and young women up to age 24. In addition to talking with Kelly about her work and what we should know about trafficking, we're going to talk a little bit about self-care. How do women, especially those who work in some that would consider dark and depressing work, find a balance between work and personal lives? Okay, Kelly, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I like your name, by the way. I like yours, too. (laughs) Okay, um, I actually want to start with sharing some stats, but they're actually shocking and very startling. But I think, again, they're important to acknowledge. Human trafficking earns global profits of roughly $150 billion a year for traffickers. 1.6 million youth run away from home every year, with a third of them being approached for recruitment into the sex industry within 48 hours of leaving home. 100,000 to 300,000 youth are estimated to be at risk for exploitation in the U.S. every year. Behind drugs, trafficking is the second most profitable organized crime in the world, $9.8 billion in the U.S. And Stevie, if you had to guess the average age of a victim entering trafficking, what would it be? Uh, 15? It's actually 12 to 14 years old. So that's heavy stuff. And uh, I, I really hope before... Well, I hope you continue to listen. I don't want you to stop listening because this topic absolutely does pertain to you. Sometimes I think, you know, we think about 
you know, I don't need to listen to this. This doesn't happen in my backyard, but actually it does. And Kelly, that actually leads me to my first question. How does this issue impact and affect the community at large? So we get a lot of questions in the community when we're out and about talking uh, with people. And what we find is that people really don't think it happens here. There's that movie Taken, right? Mm -hmm. That series Taken where people that have seen that just think, oh, this is a foreign thing. This doesn't happen here. Um, But rest assured, it happens in Indiana and happens everywhere. It happens in rural communities. It happens in the suburbs. It happens in the city. And so what we say is it's kind of that crime that's, you know, hidden in plain sight um, because people really don't pay attention to it. They wouldn't know a lot Mm -hmm. of times unless you're, you're paying attention to certain things. So, Kelly, I remember I was on the um, Super Bowl committee for when Indianapolis hosted the Super Bowl. I remember security officials and other um, law enforcement officials saying that during those big events that come to town, that can be a time when sex trafficking is really prevalent. Can you speak to these kind of, and I'm not, you know, naming the Super Bowl specifically, but I'm just saying big events like that. Is that something that you've encountered and seen? That's actually a myth. So it's great that you brought that up. Oh. So trafficking is happening all the time. I think a lot of times when you have the Indy 500 or NCAA Final Four mm-hmm. or Super Bowl, those kinds of events, people are more focused on it because there's, you know, a focus on purchasers, people wanting to purchase. So I think that that's something that I'm really glad that you raised because it's happening all the time. Mm -hmm. It's not that there's necessarily an increase. Okay. Yeah. It just gets talked about more. And focus. And there's a focus on it more when there's big events. Yeah. Yeah. So that actually leads me to a question that I wanted to ask. And that is, what are some of the top three things you want our listeners to know about trafficking? And on top of that, I also want to see if you could help define the difference between human and sex trafficking. Yeah. So when people talk about trafficking in general, they talk about human trafficking. And that includes basically kind of three areas of trafficking, which is sex trafficking, labor trafficking, and organ harvesting. Oh. Oh, we just went darker even. Yeah. Dang, I would have no idea. I mean, I can guess what you're talking about, obviously. Right. Right. Yeah. And Polaris, who houses the National Trafficking Hotline, they indicate that sex trafficking cases outnumber labor trafficking nearly three to one. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And some things that are really important to pay attention to as well. I mean, I, we already talked about the fact that it happens everywhere. Mm-hmm. People don't understand how pervasive it is. But this is a cultural problem. People always want to talk about the demand, but we have a culture that creates this, right? We use sex to sell hamburgers and cars and shoes. And when you have a culture that glamorizes sex in that way, kids get just kind of conditioned to think about things that way, right? So I think we really need to address this as a culture. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's really important. And um, the other thing that people are really surprised about is that the most common traffickers are a family member and a love interest. Oh, I was hoping you wouldn't say that. That's sad, right? So, to, and I'm sure you're addressing all of this with the work that you're doing, but I wanted to make sure we got to that. And, and I didn't ask that at first, but talk to us about Ascent 121 and, and the work that you guys are doing for people. Ascent 121 is a faith-based 
agency that provides long-term trauma care for teen survivors of sex trafficking. We are the only agency in the state of Indiana that provides a full continuum of care for teen survivors in this situation. And so um, that basically means that we start from initially doing the assessment when the kid is first referred to us, to providing therapy, to providing case management services. We offer mentoring services. We also have some exciting, an exciting new program that just started this fall, which is consulting services. So we're trying to help people who want to do this work, agencies and people that want to provide specialized care for this population. Um, we have a new program that just started called Consulting Services, where we got a grant from VOCA. And that is going to allow us to help more people do this work, because we get called all the time about, how do we do this? Can we learn from you? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been doing this work for you know seven plus years now. So it's really exciting to be able to serve more kids by getting more people trained in how to serve this population. So Kelly, I have a question. How do you, when you say refer, people refer kids, how does that connection get made? How do these kids get to you? So typically they're coming from the Department of Child Services or they're coming through the juvenile court system. That's typically how it happens. On an occasion, we get a self-referral where a parent finds something on a cell phone or something, but usually it's through DCS or it's through the juvenile court system. How did you find yourself working in this industry and specifically working with an organization like Ascent 121 where you're helping the victims of trafficking? Mm -hmm. So it's really a God thing, ladies. Um, The CEO of the organization, her name is Megan McGuire. She's an amazing human being. And she and I were serving on a different board together. And I actually was taking her out for margaritas to celebrate (laughs) and thank her for her awesomeness. And she was telling me about a new opportunity that she was going to offer to somebody interested in doing this work. And it was the Director of Communications and Development for Ascent 121. And so she started telling me about the position. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to, you know, think about that and think if I know of anybody who'd be interested in doing this work. And it was literally like somebody was tapping me on the shoulder. I turned, I like literally turned around and it wasn't somebody, I, I feel like it was God talking to me. And I'm not somebody who really thinks that God talks to me that often. Maybe I'm not paying attention, but I was definitely paying attention that day. And so um, that's how it kind of all started. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty great. Have there been stories during your time at Ascent 121 that really laid heavy on your heart that you were like, I cannot believe this is happening in my own backyard? Yeah, I think the toughest stories are those where parents are selling their kids. Um, you know, COVID has made things very, very difficult too, right? We have an increase in vulnerabilities. That's how we talk about trafficking is it's a exploitation of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And so with COVID, we have more food insecurity, housing insecurity, job insecurity, all these things, right? And the fact that parents actually will sell their kids um, to meet those needs is just heartbreaking mm-hmm. to me heartbreaking to me. And that's not just because of COVID. <laughs> and there's right. other reasons that that happens. So I think those are the stories that are just mind-blowing to me, especially being a parent. Sure. Yeah. yeah. It's it's unbelievable and unfathomable. So let's let's 
step out of the darkness for a minute and kind of into the light and talk about those stories that are really inspiring to you that make you feel great about the work you're doing. Yeah. I mean, it's wonderful. A lot of people don't understand that these kids, it's not a linear progression during therapy to um, being self-sufficient and happy and independent. It often happens that these kids get triggered, right? So because we're a faith-based organization, we take them back no matter what. It doesn't matter what they do, okay? So they might be in residential for six months, or they might be in the community-based setting where we're providing care in the community, um, and they're doing really, really well, and we say goodbye, let us know if you need anything, and then all of a sudden you don't hear from them, you don't know where they went, um, they trigger and they go back into the life. So that happens frequently, mm-hmm. uh, and with that in mind, I think that it then means those stories that we hear about young people being successful as young adults is really empowering. I mean, we have a lot of kids who have graduated from high school. We have a handful who, you know, have been in college. Um, We, not that long ago, got a picture and a letter from a young lady who, it's a, it's this beautiful family picture of her and her daughter. And she gives this big explanation about, you know, I can't give details because we have to be careful sure, about sure. that sort of stuff. But she's got a great job. She graduated from college. She's, um, you know, engaged to be married and just living her best life. And those are the stories that that we really hold on to right. and we're really grateful for. Yeah. I, I want to go back to some of the stats. You know, I get stuck on some of the stats. And one of them is um, thinking even about boys. So I'm a mom of two teenagers. I have a son who's 14 and a daughter who's 18. And I tend to be more worried about my daughter and think that this happens mostly to girls. However, there are really some alarming numbers about the young boys. Can you talk a little bit about that? And again, maybe it's just me, but I would have never guessed the high numbers of young boys that are yeah. being trafficked. Yeah. So from an Ascent 121 perspective, uh, we serve, of the kids that we've served, about 90% of them are girls and okay. 10% of them are boys. National statistics say it's probably more like 60, 70, 30, 40. This is, uh, the, the statistics on this issue are really hard to follow for a variety of reasons. But what we think happens with boys is they're even less likely to come forth and say something about oh, it. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, there's, there's force, coercion, manipulation, and because they're boys, they feel like they should be probably stronger, right, mm-hmm. and be able to walk away and do this, get away from this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we feel that that's probably why we don't see um, the national statistics that we see, but that's that's what we see out in the community. So, so are there things we should look for, signs or signals maybe that something's going on if, if we're worried about our kids or our neighbors or anyone young in our lives? The indicators of trafficking, the things that you need to keep in mind are that it's not just if you see one of these things, right? It's a combination of factors. So a change in disposition or personality that is surprising over time, um, a history of running away, they may be dishonest about their age, they refer to an older boyfriend, Um, they use maybe scripted, uh, restricted, or very vague speech, or somebody else is, is typically speaking for them. Um, you know, psychological trauma symptoms, you know, you, you can kind of oftentimes tell when somebody doesn't look right, there's probably something not right. Mm-hmm. Uh, disorientation, sexually transmitted diseases, uh, lack of identification, 
is also a sign. So hmm. if you see a few of those, that's probably something then you want to think about maybe not you addressing yourself, but getting somebody involved. Interesting. Okay. And then I want to talk a little bit about some of the things that we should be aware of in terms of online or apps or games or, you know, these ways that predators can really prey is surprising. And what are some of the things that we should know about that? So we definitely need to pay attention to what our young people are doing online, especially with school online oftentimes or the hybrid situations, families working from home. It's really important that as parents or mentors or aunts or uncles that we pay attention to what our young people are doing online because how that happens is they show vulnerability online and people that have bad intentions look for those vulnerabilities and exploit them. And that's where it, the whole grooming process starts. And so some apps that, you know, obviously these apps and games are not created for this situation, but it creates opportunities for people who want to have malicious intent. So Ask FM, Whisper, Kick, Wishbone, Hot or Not, Instagram, TikTok. I've only heard of two of those so far. I do, but you can bet I'm going to go home and check. Right. You should. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fortnite, you know, the game Fortnite. Yeah. Any of those nights where you, any of those games where you can play with strangers, you have to be really careful. Mm-hmm. Wow. We have, we've got to be paying attention to what That's our kids a are doing. world of worry for, oh my. Yeah, it, it for sure is. And I, are there resources on your website? I know we're going to switch gears a little bit here, but are there resources on your website and where can people yes. find and, and yes. learn more? Get involved. Yes, we have a whole, we have a flyer on there that's all about resources um, and a lot of information to learn more about the topic in general. Okay. Well, I know that we could spend a lot of time talking about this because there does seem to be so much to learn. And I even have friends who think they've got a pretty good lockdown system on their kids, you know, cellular device use and all of that. But these kids are so crafty and creating VPN, like all this. It's, I don't want to terrify our listeners. (laughs) So just be cognizant of what your kids are doing, like you've been saying. And that's that's really important. Keep them private. You know, that's the thing. Keep them private until you can trust how they use their devices. Yeah. 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 And Stevie, you said something that, you know, you don't want to scare our listeners. Well, we kind of do. Yeah. You know, kind of want to scare them into reality because, uh, you know, we we can't, as parents and friends of friends who are parents, uh, ignore this topic. And so, Kelly, I'm glad we're addressing it and, and, um, you know, being aware of it and, and helping to educate other people as well, too. And like I said, we could spend the entire time on this topic because there is so much to learn know, but I want to switch gears for a second um, because you mentioned something to us before the interview that I thought was really interesting, and it's about self-care for women who work in this type of field, which might be dark and difficult. Uh, What should women know about how to care for themselves? Yeah, it is. This is rough during a pandemic anyway, right? right? And so we've all got our own struggles that we're dealing with. But um, you throw this work on top of that, and it's a really tough thing. We have burnout factor. We have compassion fatigue. We have vicarious trauma when you listen to these stories day in and day out of these kids, right? So I think it's just I want to encourage not only, you know, women who are in tough work, but women just in general, we're always taking care of other people, right? We always have a lot of responsibility, whether it be at home, home and or at work. And now with COVID, what that 
uh, creates. And so self-care is just really important for all of us um, because if we're really wanting to serve in our highest purpose, right, and really do work that's important, we, we have to focus on sustainability. And so to do that means we have to take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. How do you personally engage in self-care? Yeah. So I'm a big exerciser. Of course, COVID has kind of changed those things too. I feel like every question I have to say, (laughs) pre-COVID, post-COVID, right? Um, So I'm a big exerciser. I used to belong to Orange Theory, which was a great stress reliever. Um, I do different things now. I have some injuries too, but I'm a big massage person. I like my pedicures. I love hanging out with friends and family. Um, and of course that's changed as well with everything going Mm -hmm. on, but you just, you just have to be intentional, right? I think that's, that's the key is that you have to be intentional about taking time for yourself and make sure that you're doing something that fills your bucket. Yeah. Agreed. For those listeners out there who are kind of struggling with, I don't really know what that means for me yet. How do you suggest, uh, our listeners kind of learn and do some self exploration about what self-care might mean for them? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think whatever brings you joy, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, whatever brings you joy is probably a thing that you need to explore. And I think if you have a mentor or your partner or a really good friend who knows you well, you know, have them help you out and figure out what what makes sense for you to try. But it's, it's just really important to be intentional about it. That's great advice. What do you think you're most proud of, of all of your work that you've done, your family, maybe some volunteer work? What are you most proud of? You're killing me here with <laughs> wanting to talk about myself. <laughs> I know, because we you talked about, guest. yes, you are the guest, but we also want to talk a little bit more about Kelly Leeper for a few minutes. That's right. What was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> so what are you most proud of? What am I most proud of? I would say my family. I am really proud of my family. We're we're really tight. We have a lot of different kinds of personalities in my family, but we love each other in- unconditionally, which isn't always easy. Uh, and I'm just, I'm very blessed with a really wonderful family. That's great. So these next two questions that we have are about you, <laughs> but one of the things we like to ask our guests is really what brings them joy. So Kelly, what brings you joy and happiness right now? I think just spending time with loved ones. I don't think, especially with the pandemic, we really realized how much we needed each other. And so I am very appreciative of the opportunity to spend time. Obviously, we have to do that in unique and different ways these days. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm more grateful for that than I ever have been. Okay, Kelly, last question. We believe women have incredible gifts of inspiration, strength, courage, empowerment, and more. What gift do you believe you have and how do you like to or want to share it with others? I would say people would probably say I'm a great listener. Mm -hmm. People, even new people that I meet, tend to tell me a lot of things. So I guess maybe I look very inviting and open um, and I enjoy listening to people. I enjoy hearing their stories and what makes them tick and what makes them happy. And I have a servant heart, right? So I think because of that, I enjoy being what people need at the time, whether that be a good listener or help with something. So yeah, I guess that's what I would say. 
Well, Kelly, we are so thrilled that you decided to join us today. I've heard you speak on the topic before and was amazed and inspired by the work that you're doing. And I knew bringing you onto the show, we would also get to know you a little bit more as well, too. So thrilled that you said yes when we asked you to join us. We appreciate your willingness to talk about the work that you're doing to help educate us about trafficking and why it's important for all of us to know about and just to get to know you a little bit as well. So thank you for joining us. And is there anything that we didn't ask or anything that you want to add? One thing that I would ask people think about is going to our website, which is www.ascent1211.org. Consider looking at the website for not only how you can get engaged and volunteer, but also to please consider donating. That's great. Yeah, that's great. And it, as, uh, it was, we all know that's a great challenge for us too, to, to be able to think that we can support that in a new way. Kelly, thank you so much again. We appreciate you being here. This has been a great conversation and we're so thankful you took time out of your schedule to join us. Thank you for having me, ladies. I really appreciate it. You bet. And a big thank you to the badasses out there listening. We'd love to hear what you think. Write a review or shoot us a message at badasserylife at gmail.com. If you want more stories like this one, you can find them on my blog at badasserylife.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at Badassery Life and on Instagram at Badassery underscore life. Special shout out to Kevin McLeod for our podcast theme music and to our amazing producer, Jenny Duran. And we'd also like to thank Central Indiana Community Foundation, CICF, for allowing us to record this podcast here in their space today. So uh, thanks to CICF. And uh, until next time, we just encourage you to keep being your badass self. Yeah.